Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode. So grateful for your faithfulness and your attendance virtually to our Everyday Truth podcast. Got a postcard here from Greg and Liz McCoy. So Greg and Liz, thanks for um, sending me this postcard. It says, Thou crownest the year with thy goodness. Psalm 65, 11. There's a couple big thank yous on the card and some really neat handwriting guys. So I don't know, Greg, if it was you or Liz that filled out the card, but really some nice handwriting. And this um, card is from Orleans, Indiana, or not to be confused with New Orleans, I guess, but Orleans, Indiana. So thanks guys for that. Appreciate you listening. We are in Mark chapter eight in our Bibles, and we just traveled with Jesus from the plains of Dalmanutha to the northern eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus has had a conversation with his disciples about the the danger of the Pharisees' teaching, the leaven. And we talked a bit about that. And the disciples just kind of missed it. They were misinterpreting what Jesus was talking about because they were thinking more on a physical plane when Jesus was speaking on a spiritual plane. Reminds me a bit about when Jesus had that conversation with the disciples after the woman at the well story. Remember, he said to them, uh, uh, they, they, they said, to, how's that go? Oh, that, that's it. <laughs> they said to him, uh, I had a little senior moment there. Uh, they said to him, uh, do you uh, do you want to eat something? And he said, no, I have meat to eat that you know not of. They were thinking at this level, he was thinking up here on a spiritual level. He said to them, lift up your f- eyes. You, you say there's four months and then comes harvest. But I say to you, lift up your eyes. Look on the fields. They are white already unto harvest. You're, you're thinking at a physical level, I'm speaking on a spiritual plane. Often in the Bible, that's what Jesus would do. So look at verse number 22, uh, Mark chapter 8, where uh, the Bible says, He cometh to Bethsaida. So if you were to look at a map, a Bible map of Galilee, that section of Galilee, just north uh, of the sea, Capernaum, the the large city where Jesus headquartered his ministry, was located right there on the seashore. If you were to go east from there along the northern part of the lake, you would find the village of Bethsaida. And then if you would just kind of triangulate that going north from both those locations, Capernaum and Bethsaida, go north, you would find at the top of that triangle up the hill about three miles a city by the name of Chorazin, or Chorazin. And remember, these were the cities that Jesus rebuked. Woe unto you, Bethsaida. Woe unto you, Chorazin. Uh, woe unto you, Capernaum. If the mighty works which were done in thee had been done in Tyre and Sidon or Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented. So sometimes we call those three cities the gospel triangle or the evangelical triangle 
Why? Because Jesus did so many of his miracles and preached so many of his messages in that vicinity. So again, Jesus arrives in the little village of Bethsaida. See that in verse 22. And they bring him a blind man. Uh, They bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. So often people associated the healing of Jesus with his touch. And I think there's good reason for that because often Jesus would heal by touching. Remember, even that deaf, that deaf man, Jesus put his fingers in the deaf man's ears and, and spit upon his tongue. Uh, and in other cases, he touched the leprous man. But sometimes Jesus didn't come anywhere near a person when he healed them. Remember the centurion's servant or the nobleman's son whom Jesus healed from a great distance. So the point wasn't that Jesus couldn't heal otherwise. It's just that kind of was the modus operandi that was usual. So they brought this blind man to Jesus that Jesus might touch him. And watch verse number 23. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. Why? Because Jesus really had already rebuked these towns and had already said, uh, no mighty work will be done in you. So Jesus is not there to start a town-wide healing service. He is simply responding to the humble request of these friends, and he's leading the man out of town. He's going to heal him, but he doesn't want to cause a spectacle. And there's something he's going to do with this miracle that goes beyond simply healing him. He's going to give us a lesson. All of Jesus' miracles had deeper purposes that undergirded his message and his mission. So watch what happens in verse number 23. So he led him out of the town, and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. So you see, you get that? So he, he spit in his eyes and he touched him, maybe even touched his eyes. And then he said, can you see anything? Can you see anything? Now, that's interesting because why? Why would Jesus say that? Now, did it work? Can, can you see? <laughs> why would he ask that? It seems almost um, like we've not seen this in any other miracle. What is Jesus teaching here? Now, it gets a little bit even more confusing until it becomes more clear. So, so watch what the man answers in verse number 24. And he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. So uh, I can see, but it's kind of fuzzy. I'm not making people out clearly. I can see shapes. It's like I see... Uh, I see people out there, but they just kind of look like trees in a forest. Um, What what are we to make of this? Is Jesus losing some of his spiritual power? I mean, he's touched this man. He has healed this man. The man can see, but he can't really see perfectly. He certainly is not operating at 2020 here. So, So what's going on? Is Jesus losing it? Is this um, the waning of Jesus' power? Of course not. There's obviously a deeper purpose here. What could it be? Well, look at verse number 25. 
And after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up and he was restored and saw every man clearly. So this is the only miracle that I know of where Jesus healed somebody in stages. He touched him, kind of can see, touched him again. Now he can see clearly. So it's a second touch. Now, what is Jesus teaching? Why is this happening? We're going to find out. We might not not even find out today. We might have to wait until tomorrow's episode. Don't know how far I'm going to get. But the point here is that Jesus is teaching his onlooking disciples something. He can see, but not really. But boy, as he continues to wait, and Jesus continues to work, then clarity comes. Does that make sense? Look at verse number 26, what Jesus says. And he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell it to any in the town. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. So a couple things I want to point out about the miracle of the blind man. Number one, it was a private miracle. Jesus wasn't there in town simply to do a bunch of miracles to no doubt a bunch of other people that needed help. No, this was a very specific answer to one particular case where Jesus very strategically took this man out of the town to a private place and then through a very demonstrable act, I mean, he's spitting, he's touching, he's asking, the man is speaking. So people are seeing this, they're hearing this. And what are they seeing and hearing? They're seeing a man that is healed, but not all the way. And then they're seeing a man that is healed. Then finally he receives clarity. And then Jesus says, don't tell anybody about this. Now, what are we to make of all of this? a single miracle, kind of out in private, only witnessed by the very inner circle of Jesus, his own disciples. It happens in stages. And finally, the man sees clearly, but Jesus says, don't tell anybody. Now, I think it's going to be very, very clear to you and to me when we go to our next section, because all of this, in my opinion, is prelude to what Jesus is doing in the hearts and lives of the disciples. Remember, when the miracles of Jesus began, John chapter 2, the first miracle, turning the water to wine, one of the purposes of the miracles of Jesus is that he is manifesting his glory to his disciples. He's teaching his, his most close followers things about himself, things about his own reputation, things about his own deity and authority, his glory. And that's exactly what's happening here. But you're going to have to wait until next episode to find out a little bit more. So that's all the time that we have for today. We're going to quit right there in verse number 26. We'll come back to verse number 27 uh, next episode. I really do hope you'll join us for that as we answer the question, why the two parts to the miracle? I think you'll be amazed at, at, at the answer. Hope you'll, hope you'll come back. God bless you today, my friends. Have a great day in the Lord. We'll see you next time. 
Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.